Welcome back to another episode of the Chalice Chasers podcast. Today, I'm joined by guest Greg Sawyer. Greg, how you doing? Are you there? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you getting on here. I uh, um, I know there's a little bit of an East versus South rivalry, and so I thought it it would make sense to get on our newest member from uh, the East cohort and uh, kind right. of get to get to know you a little bit, Greg. Uh, for the for those of uh, for our listeners out there who don't don't know exactly who Greg Sawyer is, who is Greg Sawyer? Uh, Greg Sawyer is, uh, the upcoming 2021 Chalice Chapers champion. Uh, I'm carrying the CB East, uh, carrying us on our backs right now in, uh, in sixth place. I think I'm the only one over 500. So I feel a lot of, uh, pressure there. Um, and also I think I'm still the league rookie. So, um, I felt, uh, really like, uh, a sense of urgency uh, since I feel like the rookies on the chopping block to prove myself. So I'm i I'm a champion in basketball and I'm hoping to be a champion in baseball. Oh, I love it. So you won your basketball league. Yeah. um, I won the basketball league in 2019, 2020 got canceled by COVID and uh, had a, had a down year that don't need to get into too much detail on, but, uh, I guess technically I don't have any belts right now, um, which is uh, making me even focus harder on uh, on baseball. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so you are the new guy to the league. What did you think joining last year? I know it was kind of a short sample size, but uh, how was it playing last year? Was it, uh, have you been playing fantasy baseball for a while? It was uh, an interesting adjustment uh, for me last year. So I'm more used to, um, to, to, uh, dynasty. And so so I I do play in another league. I'm in two serious leagues. The other one is a dynasty daily. Um, so it's very different in terms of player value and kind of, um, strategies. Uh, so last year, a lot of growing pains for me. Um, but this year I think I'm starting to figure it out and, uh, and my team is on the right trajectory, I think. So I, I think I've uh, found out found out the, the, the way to play it. Absolutely. A, a dynasty daily league. Yeah. That's, that seems like a lot of commitment. Are you putting in a ton of time there? Uh, I put in more time than I would have expected. Uh, probably, I, I put in probably a good 90 minutes a day. Uh, just on catching up on the games I missed the day before. Uh, I do the that yeah CBS daily podcast. See what they're up to. Um, I try to keep up with the Ringer podcast. They have a couple different ones. They're not daily, but whenever they're out there. And then just I spend so much time just looking at different permutations and, and cuts of numbers. Um, I don't know if it really pays off or not, but uh, I've got the time to do it. So I'm investing. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize you were uh, that kind of deep into it. And especially on the podcast game, uh, that's, uh, that's commendable. I, um, I try to listen to some too, and it's uh, kind of cool to get to hear what, uh, what everyone else out there is thinking. Um, it's relatively, it's relatively new to me and uh, it definitely has a, um, 
correlation with my downfall in basketball. Um, <laughs> and I needed to rechannel that energy. Um, it also probably motivates me that, uh, that Kev is in this league as well, because uh, I, for months on end, I get, I get texts from him about my, my decline at other fantasy sports. So um, it just really makes, motivates me to, uh, to be my best. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I, um, I share some of that motivation with you. <laughs> no, so but thanks, Kev. You're keeping the league going. So in speaking about basketball, I have to say for listeners out there, um, because people probably don't know this history, but you and I go back quite, quite a long time, do we not? Way, way back. Right? I think, I think my, first, uh, my first memory of you would be in seventh grade for the uh, Warrington, Warrington basketball league you guys all uh, had those jerseys with the name on the back so all I knew was that your name was Rainy you loved running the baseline and uh, <laughs> you're really like high energy kid which which made you a target like an easy villain uh so I thought you were like this mean mean uh I don't know like a kind of like a sports jock asshole a little bit I don't know like that was kind of the the uh the vibe that I got just because of like how intense you were on the court so it was like shocking to me to uh, meet you on in a later life. It was just the opposite. That's funny. I, um, I'm in total agreement with you there in regards to just uh, the perspective of you guys. I remember when we'd play against your team because uh, you also had Tim and another individual who you guys were huge, man. Um, <laughs> well, I was, I was this size. I, I stopped growing in seventh grade. So. And, and how tall are you now? I was 6'3". Yeah, exactly. And so in seventh grade, I might've been pushing five, three, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim wasn't small either. And I just remember, uh, you guys were a bunch of giants, but I, I felt it was necessary to tell the, uh, the podcast that because we do actually go way back. So bringing it forward. Now you've gotten a little bit of a reputation, obviously in the league for your fervor surrounding a certain team in the MLB. Can you, can you kind of talk about the Mets a little bit for me? What's going on there? Well, you want to know a dirty little secret is that uh, people might have thought I was the, I, this is like a lifelong passion for me. And uh, it's, it's really not um, huge Mets fan. Now I'm actually watching the game as we speak. Um, Against the Rockies? Day. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, one, one right now. Can't miss a, miss any ground action, but. So it really started out, I guess, my first uh, baseball memory is uh, going to Shea when I was five or six. Uh, I actually looked this up. Bobby Bonilla was playing, so I was pretty <laughs> young. Um, and uh, I remember booing him, or I thought we were booing him, but people were going like, boo. Uh, so that's like my first baseball memory. So um I guess you could say I was a Mets fan at age five, but I didn't really care too much about baseball. Grew up in New Jersey. Everyone was a Yankees fan. This was like, you know, height of Yankee dynasty, Derek Dieter, Tito Martinez, Bernie Williams. I think I was Bernie Williams every year for Halloween. Um, and then, but I really wasn't a baseball kid because I was a lacrosse player. So when I moved to Pennsylvania, I thought, you know, I'm pretty entrenched in my other New York sports fan fanhood 
not going to switch from the Giants. But baseball, I didn't care too much about. I thought maybe I should adopt a, a hometown team. It'd be fun to do. So I became a Phillies fan when I moved here in elementary school and uh, rooted for them. Uh, they were pretty bad at that time. But by middle school, obviously, they were World Series. And even then, I started to give back my money. I couldn't be a Phillies fan because I got absolutely no credit for being a Phillies fan. Uh, everyone knew I was a New York sports fan, so they assumed I was a Mets fan. So when I was happy about the Phillies winning, people you know, took it away from me. I specifically remember Tim bullying me, saying I couldn't be happy. Well, I wasn't allowed to go to the victory parade because uh, I wasn't a true Philly fan. So then in college, I just really got away from it and uh, didn't watch at all, really. Uh, and I was a kind of a no, no fan. I had a Dodgers hat, so I guess you'd call me a Dodgers fan. And then in 2016, I, after college, 2015, I guess, I moved to Queens uh, right out of college. And I just thought, you know, I live two miles from the stadium. I, uh, it's time to just go back. My first memory is in that I'm from New York, just all makes sense. And uh, that was the magic run they made. And they went all the way to the World Series in my first year. And uh, my, my buddies from college got season tickets. So 10 of us had four season tickets for the Mets. So we went to all the game, all the weekend games, and uh, and ever since then it's just been every year. I'm just kind of getting more and more, and like it's. I think I've watched like the thirty. I thought we watched thirty games this year. Just I I don't know what it is. Like some for some reason I'm a lacrosse guy. Didn't even really get into it until recently, but I'm just can't get enough baseball these days. That's interesting. Uh... I didn't know that backstory and I don't know how many people in the league would have known that backstory. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's pretty cool to hear. Uh, well, that's guy has been a Mets fan for five years, but. No, it's, love- <laughs> um, it's definitely interesting. So then question for you. Yeah. Shea stadium or city field. Do you remember enough about Shea to actually give an answer or. That's a, it's a great question. I, you're going to say city field. It's just a much nicer, nicer place. Um, I will say I've never gotten a ball at city field and I did get a batting practice ball flipped to me when I was at Shea, but I was also five. So, you know, you're more in the sweet spot of getting a, getting a little love from the practice players, but um, overall nicer stadium is, uh, is, uh, is uh, city field. But um I did actually like it a little better when they had the longer fences. They, they moved those fences in. So I think it was too many home runs. I'm all about yeah. the pitching. It is. It is. Um, they have moved those in a little bit. And it is tough for you, I'm sure, when you uh, stand there as a 28-year-old, as a screaming fan, <laughs> yelling for the ball, that yeah. uh, Pete Alonso is a little more hesitant to uh, throw it to you. Yeah, Pete's never given me any love. No, I, uh, I don't, I wouldn't expect much coming your way. You're going to have to catch a foul ball in the beer one day. Yeah. Um, all right. So then I got a question for you. If, and I want to look at like kind of a little bit of a draft recap here and I, without diving too deep, you, it's my guess that, so you had the nine pick this year in our snake draft. Mm-hmm. Jacob deGrom went seven. Yeah. If he was still there at nine, was, was there any chance he was getting past you? No. No, no chance. I would have t- if I had the number one pick, I would have taken him number one. I feel like it's not any smoke when I'm talking about it. I think he's the no doubt number one pick, and uh, I'm surprised he got all the way to seven. He did. He did fall a decent amount. Okay, so that's interesting to hear. So then, so my question is: if you look at your next few rounds, 
because you instead went Francisco Lindor there instead of Jacob deGrom. If you look at right. the next few rounds, they weren't they weren't that dedicated to the Mets as one would have imagined. Uh, you you kind of switched it up a little bit. So right. so why Lindor there? Was it a Met thing or was it like were you wedded to um, to him? Because I mean when Lindor's on, he's a top five pick. So there's, you don't need to necessarily justify his skill, but I'm curious what your, your thought process was there. Well, I think one, I was a little bit rattled. Uh, I thought I was going to get to Grom. So I didn't really do the the first round research that I should have. In the back of my mind, I was thinking like if, because Kevin, again, uh, not to talk about Kevin more than we have to, but he was texting me all, um, draft leading up to it with just smoke about you know how DeGrom was going early like he heard things about DeGrom going early DeGrom's not going to get to me so in the back of my mind I did think you know I've committed to the Mets I've got to pick a Met here and uh, it was just kind of uh, a good good fit where he had the first round talent Um, he was a Met so I'd be able to watch him every day and cheer for him and that was also right around the time he got the big contract and everything like the hype train was at the peak of the mountain and uh I just bought in wholeheartedly because if I had gotten out of that rent if I hadn't taken Lindor there I probably wouldn't have gotten Lindor uh in the second round and there's there wasn't any Mets this year that were good second round fits or maybe even third round fits so yeah at that point I would have just been a crapshoot later in the draft to see who I would have gotten so I'd like to get in getting that Met out of the way and, and building my team around no, I respect that. Um, I think that's a uh, um, that makes perfect sense, and it's kind of interesting to hear your uh, thought process there. It's obviously been working out for you um, in regards to, like you said, your positioning and the standings and whatnot. Um, yeah, not so much thanks to Lindor, but um... no, but well, so that's my next question. A little bit, you and I had spoken trade earlier in this year around Burns, and it didn't really amount to much, right? Um, but so I know you're willing to pull the trigger if you need to. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you sit on Lindor right now? And I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking more in regards to the people listening to the leak. And you don't, if you don't want to give away your, uh, your secret sauce, you don't have to. But uh, um, what's your thought process there? Is he on the block? Yeah, I get, I get um, Lindor chuckles a lot. Multiple people have texted me about Lindor because I think um, you know, he's a prime trade candidate because I'm sure in a lot of leagues, people are fed up with his slow start and we'll probably move him for less than Lindor value. Um, but for me, probably, and this is probably where my uh, my fan bias gets in the way of my fantasy a little bit, like for me to move Lindor, like it would have to be, it would have to be a good trade. If Lindor was playing to Lindor's ability and I thought it was a good trade, it would have to be that kind of trade. Like I'm not giving any discount or like nervous that he's going to turn it around because, uh, you know, if I'm making a, a Tatis type deal where I just kind of unload him to unload him and then he turns around, it's going to hurt twice as bad. So I'm, uh, I'm holding on to him and, uh, and I think he'll turn it around. He gets on base enough where it keeps me interested and just needs to, to get hit yeah absolutely it's funny to hear that you actually get a bunch of uh Lindor chuckles it's uh it's kind of everyone's fishing in the same pond everyone wants to buy low uh what's the yeah I think it's a little half-hearted too I think it's that people want to point out to me how bad he's been 
which is fine. Yeah, I asked for it. Oh, totally. Um, do you remember? And I wouldn't be able to give you an answer here because I normally don't uh, pay that close attention when I'm denying trades. But do you do you remember? Like, have you gotten any Lindor offers that you've just laughed right out the door? <laughs> I don't. Uh... Let me, let me take a quick look. I'm just curious. Again, I don't. When I see a bad I offer, I don't remember it. I generally right, just yeah. <laughs> move right on. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, no, yeah, totally. actually, I got I had a Lindor offer earlier today. Let me see what that was. You had a Lindor offer today. Wow. So he's really uh, he's really yeah. getting a lot thrown at him. I got. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Wander Franco and Alex Reyes and uh, I haven't responded to that <laughs> I don't blame you I don't yeah. blame you that's a that's a pretty classic trade offer if I've ever heard one yeah I mean I won't I won't uh, you know it's it's anonymous who offered me that so oh yeah always everything's <laughs> off the record here you're, right. uh, you're it's a safe space no I, <laughs> I appreciate the uh, honesty so, um, so then, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of come back really quick to that first question about who is Greg Sawyer. And I know you kind of alluded to that basketball league, but mm -hmm. you're actually the LM of that league. Am I correct there? Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in a way, um, I'm actually the, uh, the LD, the league dictator. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of the same uh, roles as a manager. Um, I just have more power and uh, less, um, I, I, you know, have to respond to less people, but uh, very similar. Wow. It's a thankless job. It really, yeah. it well, really is. Well, you know, it, it started out being thankless, but I've just done such a good job at revitalizing the league and uh, people will just kind of respect me so much that uh, I have a whole page on our, on our hub just dedicated to, to my greatness and, uh, and people thank me a lot in that. And uh, I'd like to shout out uh, Alan Ivey because he's really like my number one supporter there. And he really gets the people going and firing about local traders. So shout out to Alan, South guy. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, spoken like a true uh, league dictator. Um, yeah. And so that's interesting. Well, so you obviously are an executive of that league and uh, have a pretty <laughs> – well, executive might not be the right word, as you had said, but uh, yeah. you're constantly a, thinking it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like we, we structure it a bit like the uh, the Kremlin in Russia. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, um, that could take us down a whole nother path. We could get into the <laughs> oligarchs, but uh, for this for this instance, we'll leave that alone. What I what I really want to know is, you obviously have an eye on what needs to be done. You've joined our league. If you could do one thing or make one change to the structure of our fantasy baseball league, and if you don't have an answer to this, I totally understand, but what would that be? Uh, yeah, I think about this a lot. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I think <laughs> what frustrates me um, is, and I, this is just maybe part of my growing pains that I still am, am working through, but my background in fantasy baseball has been daily. So getting used to the, what we're doing with, with the, with the weekly locking, it's a different, um, 
it's a different approach. So I'm still, I'm not going to say totally it has no merits, but um, I get frustrated with like the, the double start thing where you have to just look ahead two weeks and see like who's getting a double start like two weeks from now and then pick up some random guy and then just have a double start for the sake of a double start. Like I, I, I like when like the quality things or we're just trying to get as much quantity in or, or, uh, and then it's, just, it's, it's tough when you get like a, a Monday injury or, or like, uh, uh, Monday injuries are bad. And I also just think, and obviously everyone's dealing with the same situation. So it's not like it, it behooves one person over another We're all playing the same rules, but I do think that it, it deters people from, uh, from activity during the week. I think there's a flurry of activity on Sunday nights and Monday mornings to try to get your trades in. And then kind of things go quiet for five or six days. And then it's like this just like period each week. So I kind of would have liked a more free flowing uh, approach. So that, that has definitely bothered me. That's interesting. That's a, um, you make a really good point about the activity. I've never thought of it like that. And uh, I, um, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I know in years past, uh, there's been a little bit of a debate around daily, whether people would want to follow it or not. Um, I play in a daily league uh, with some other people and I don't mind it. It sounds like you're kind of from that same boat. Like it's actually not as much work as you would think. And it actually has the, a lot of upside. No. Yeah. And um, I guess the, the, the downside is you check every day as opposed to once a week. But I think in order to make the correct call on who you're starting each week, you do have to look at the schedule. Like it takes time to like look at each, you know, it's find out, oh, does my guy play five games this week? Well, I got to compare him. I guess they playing seven games this week. Like, and see, I think you do a lot of work anyway. So I'm not sure if it's any less time because to make all those decisions about your roster or, um, you know, like for what happened to Tim, like Tatis comes off the IL on a Tuesday. Um, you have to like, you, you have to, he didn't look ahead where he got punished for not doing that, but um, you you have to, you have to look at the whole week and make those evaluations anyway. So if you're doing all your evaluations on one day, or if you just do, you know, each day you, you make a little or a smaller evaluation, I, I think it'll net out to a similar amount of time. So I, I don't know if that, it's just you got to be consistent with it, and um, but it makes perfect if, sense. If you miss a day, it's not as it's not the end of the world, too. Like I, I, I'm sure I've missed a day, forgetting to check into before the one o'clock game or something like that. But it's not the end of the world when it's daily because you can make the change the next day. Or if someone gets hurt and you leave them in an extra day, it is the end of the world in in a weekly <laughs> format. If yeah, if someone goes on the IL Monday afternoon, but your bench player is already locked, so. I know a lot of a lot of the conversation that we've had around this in the past, it's come back a little bit to the platform we use. Mm -hmm. uh, the daily league you're in, what platform are you on? Uh, it's on Yahoo. Do you like it? So I, I have been historically a big ESPN guy, but um, Yahoo has won me over in baseball. I think it's... Uh, it does a good job of, I like the stat tracking it keeps there. I like the, um, the, the player ads and, and it keeps the history really well too. Like I can look back, I was looking back at 
former uh, past years. And uh, I think it keeps a lot more data and detail in that, which, I mean, it's not really important, but I find it interesting. No, it's, it's uh, cool. So I, I, that league I was talking about was in Yahoo and I'm in the same boat as you. Like it took me a little bit of getting used to, I'm still not crazy about it, but there yeah. are the pluses. There are a lot of pluses, the way you can look at the stats, the way they rank people. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's always been an interesting conversation for us and yeah. it's cool to kind of hear that you're in that same boat um but so uh we yeah i don't know if we'll change uh i, I guess it's a topic for a later conversation we will uh i'll ask mm-hmm. some more people to get their opinion but i wanted to before um before we kind of wrap it up here i wanted to kind of get into your team a little bit this year and i know there's a lot to go i wanted to i noticed you had someone that is putting together an absolutely fantastic season, yet you hardly hear them talked about. And I'm not sure if you can guess who I'm going to say. Uh, you might be able to, but um, man, what's going on with Urias? Uh, I think I think things have clicked down there. Um, he, I've had so he's one of the guys that I had in my. Uh, dynasty so I, I I'm a little this is maybe another flaw in my game I'm biased towards these people that I have in in dynasty because I've seen them grow up um, we have like minor leaguers in that dynasty league so you draft them when they're when they're young and you have to like hold on to them through the farm system so when they come up um, you, uh, you you're more attached to them and then I get them in this league but they didn't let him go um They've really limited him in the past. I know he had surgery a few years ago. Um, so they were really limiting his, his innings. And uh, it, it stinks with the, with the quality starts. Like, you can have an awesome pitching day and, you know, just hit your pitch count and come out after five. Um, and then you're, you're like, somehow less valuable because of the counting stats. But this year, they're, they're letting him pitch deeper in the games. And um, he's, he's got a lot more. I don't, actually, I don't know. I haven't looked at this data. But it feels like he has a lot more. Uh, swing and misses and whiffs, which probably is true because it's up around the whole league, but he's putting up strikeout numbers that I haven't seen in, uh, in years past. So um, I'm really excited what I see out of him. Um, I've, he's another guy I'm fielding some offers for. So people are talking about him behind your back, Steve. That's, that's interesting. Maybe I was just the one who missed it. I'm looking at his yeah. picture right now and with the glasses on, it looks like he's missing an eye. It's a kind of a funky uh, thumbnail of him, but uh, well, he he, I mean, he does have uh, a genetic eye problem. Does he? Know? Oh yeah, yeah. So he was born with like a a, a mass on his eye, um, his left eye, um, and when he came to the U.S., he came pretty young. I think he signed with Dodgers when he was like sixteen, you know, for international from Mexico. And I uh, got surgery like when he when he got here um, to take it out. I heard a cool quote from him. He's like, um, let me not push the quote. He said, uh, God, "God gave me a bad left eye, but a great left arm, something like that." Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, yeah, so awesome. Cool. Th- actually, if, another fun fact about Urias is uh, I was actually at his first start. It was at City Field. He started as a 19 year old, um, and it was like he's the youngest Dodger. Might have been the youngest Dodger to ever start a game. He was 19 at, at City Field. That's pretty cool. How do you yeah. pitch that game? Do you remember? Oh, you're really testing my memory. I think he did all right, but he, they only let him go three, maybe four. 
Um, so he didn't have a win situation, but I think he, he might, I don't even think he might get one or two runs over four and that would be if my memory serves. So pretty good start to his career. And, uh, and now that hopefully the injury, any injury concerns is in the past and, um, it's just an awesome, awesome team to be on for, uh, for getting wins. The other night, they, you know, the Dodgers put up like 10 in the first couple innings feel safe about the rest of the day yeah that uh, Dodgers team is interesting there's so much talent they've been up and down this year but they are good um that's really that's really cool to hear um that background on uh Urias uh I'm looking at your team right now and I just can't help but see that Rich Hill has 13 K's for you tonight with no walks and eight innings pitched Rich Hill uh <laughs> Rich Hill is um that, I'll actually credit that CBS uh podcast with because they were on rich hill uh, when he first started doing well and i just didn't really believe it um and so but i just kind of i trusted them and uh and it's paid, paid off this last two weeks i don't want to take too much credit for rich hill. i don't think i i don't want to take credit where where i didn't actually uh i didn't you know i didn't i took a leap of faith in the podcast on that one i'll give them credit uh no i know i know um I, so i listened to that podcast too Partly it's entertaining. Uh, I like uh, Scott White and uh, Frank Stamfel, but yeah. uh, um, I know Scott and Frank have been on him a little bit. I, in my other league, I own some Rich Hill shares and uh, it's just, uh, it's interesting to see those numbers. I thought Rich Hill was getting ready for uh, um, retirement. I don't even know. I don't even want to guess how old he is. I think he's 41. Jeez, that's wild. But, but I will uh, say about that too, like the, it's crazy. This league, like a few weeks ago, I had no pitchers. Well, I felt like I had no pitchers, and it seemed this is another thing about this league that I was a growing pain. I feel like the pitching is very overvalued, or like I didn't realize how important the pitching was when I drafted. Like people hold on to their pitchers um, pretty hard. So um, I'm, but I'm happy to have picked up some guys like that to turn it around. So are you saying that in um, our league, the pitchers don't seem to move as often and they do seem to rank highly on the player rater? Is that how I'm hearing that? Yeah. So like the, um, I gave, uh, like I traded Blackman for uh, Stroman, which, well, one, he's a Met. So like, I was always going to do that deal. But (laughs) two, I kind of feel like you have to, yeah, you have to give up a better bat to get a worse pitcher but sometimes you just have to do that in this league where I that's like I didn't realize that that people were people were more stingy with their pitching I guess that makes sense I haven't thought much about that uh I'll keep an eye on it I um I just I do know that uh it's just so hard to sell a pitcher when they're hot in theory it's the right thing to do but in actuality i just find it so difficult it's so hard to tell when they're gonna crater and when they're yeah. gonna you know just win the cy young i've seen just crazy things happen and so i i find less activity is more but uh, it's interesting to hear how you'd uh, maybe prefer a little bit of more activity to try to shake things up a little um well I, yeah i've always want to i'm big uh play the hot hand guy so yeah i've got uh i've got no problem um you know, benching a bigger name guy to, to play to play a hot hand guy if need be. Yeah, makes perfect sense. 
Um, so without, um, without like kind of uh, um, chalking that up to uh, whether it's a format thing or a league kind of um, thing, uh, I am curious what other people think. And so I'm definitely going to use that question on uh, further podcasts to kind of get everyone's opinion to see uh, if they have that same point of view as you. So I appreciate you kind of uh, bringing that up for us. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear that too, because it also could maybe just be a roster thing. Like it could just be the dynamics of what I have versus the teams I'm trading with. But I have found that, yeah, it's, it's really hard to get a picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Greg, I got to one of the things we've been doing uh, on the podcast. And when I say we've been doing, there's been two of these. And so (laughs) what I've done twice and in the Kevin episode, it got cut off because uh, my editing skills, we're still working on that, getting it uh, kind of where it needs to be. But uh, to kind of end the podcast here, I wanted to uh, hit you with a few rapid fire questions, if uh, if that's okay with you. And there's, you don't need to justify answers if you don't want to. um, you can if you'd like, and uh, just thought I'd hit you with a few of them if that's cool. Let's do it. All right. So, kind of similar to my question earlier, but with a little bit of a different take. If you could change one rule in actual baseball, what would it be? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to try think how crazy I want to get here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I've always thought, um, and this is like going back to like my days playing baseball as a third grader. Like I always thought it was BS that you get more balls than strikes. Like, <laughs> it should be like even on both sides. Like why do you give the advantage to the pitcher? The pitchers already have a ton of advantage. You don't need an extra, you know, ball. And uh, to today's game, it might make things more interesting. Like three balls and three strikes, you get more base runners, maybe some more activity and, especially these days when people are, are clamoring for more, uh, you know, base running runs activity and putting more stress on the pitch. I love that take. I've never heard anyone recommend that before. Uh, I have to say that's a, a, a unique point of view and I, I would vote for it. If, uh, if anyone actually wanted my vote. I used to, you never, you, did you play baseball growing up? Oh yeah, for sure. I, uh, we played for Warrington Warwick and then we were split up. I was on the Warwick team. Did you, uh, did you play? So am I crazy or have you never been in like a three, one count and like in the back of your mind thinking like, man, like this pitcher get three strikes on me and I'd be out, but he's already thrown me three balls. Like I should get to first. Like that, that wasn't what you were thinking when it was three, one. I, when I played baseball, I wasn't thinking a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't good. remember. What. Muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, not, I don't mean that in the best way. Uh, I don't know how much was going on upstairs. Um, when yeah. I was out there, um, more along the lines of like, uh, just don't get hit, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no. So, uh, so I think it's a great point though, when looking back on it and it makes perfect sense. It's like, why do they get four? Uh, yeah, I think that's weird. fantastic. It is three weird. strikes, three outs, give them three balls. It just, it's logical. Yeah. I'm curious the history of that. All right. So then uh, this is supposed to be rapid fire. I know we uh, kind of were on that one for a little bit, but uh, uh, I'll be quicker. I'll be quicker. No, no, no. It's good. It's, this is fantastic. I, uh, I think um, I think the response there was uh, very original and perfect. Uh, yeah. So next one is if you had to make one bet on an MLB future right now, 
i.e. Cy Young, MVP, World Series, what would it be? Um, I think the safest, well, the safest bet in the game is DeGrom for uh, Cy Young, but, you know, I won't do that one since it's, uh, since that's uh, too much of a hometown call for me, but I think I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Freddie Freeman for NL MVP. Oh, wow. I'll put you on the record for that, man. I like it. Yeah. There's a I lot think, of, uh, I think the Braves are, well, the Braves are, are mashing homers. I think that I don't understand why they're not winning more. And I think there might be a regression back to, you know, positive regression for them and they get rolling. He'll kind of be the, the face of that. And uh, I know Tatis probably is the, is the, is the front runner now, but. We'll see in August. That's interesting. I um, I actually think that uh, so I your your analysis is uh, spot on in regards to the Braves could get very hot. They should be on um on paper much better than they've been. But what about uh his teammate? And that kind of leads to one of the questions I actually have written down here is uh um first uh so you think Freddie Freeman could potentially win it over Ronald Acuna? Um, that. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, if it was a based on odds, you know, I, I bet Acuna probably has better odds. Um, but I oh, think. Oh, no, 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 not based off odds, just in general. I, I like that take. I mean, Freddie Freeman is, if anything, the frequency is in Freddie's. I know, like, well, I like, I think I, I, I trust Freddie Freeman's uh, consistency and, uh, and I, I'm just, you know, his health maybe I trust a little bit more to not get banged up. Um, not that he's, you know, Iron Man or anything, but I think Acuna um, has had some injury, you know, nicks here and there and, uh, you know, can play the game a little more dangerously, which is why we love him. But uh, also, uh, you know, something could happen. And I, Freddie Freeman, I, I, I see playing, you know, 150 games. No, absolutely. Lock it in. Lock, lock it in. Um, it'd be, it'd be amazing if, uh, somewhere out there you could uh, go over under on a uh, game started that would be <laughs> that would be an, an interesting one so then yeah. if you all right so next question and uh, I only have two more for you here I don't want to take up too much of your time uh, yeah so this next question is if you're a pitcher who's the one player batter you don't mm-hmm. want to face uh I think I've got two for very different reasons. Uh, one is um, Soto, because uh, I think that Soto shuffle would make me poop my pants. <laughs> uh, and uh, but two, the other one, probably the the more serious answer would be uh, Mookie. I saw this thing about strikes that he or balls in the zone that he sw- swung at and didn't make contact with, I guess swinging strikes. He had like, I'm going to butcher the stat, but he had like 14 all of last season or something or something crazy. So um, I just don't think he can be tricked and uh, he's got power. He's got speeds. So I think he, he would, uh, I wouldn't want to face him. Put it this way. When he, when he's up against the Mets, I, I I'm never confident. That's interesting. I think a lot of people in the league would give different answers there. I think your answers are very unique and uh, um, 
I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, obviously, but I think you bring up a great point. I would never, those aren't the first two that would pop in my head, but really? I would not, I would not want to, but I would not want to face those guys. You bring up very valid points. Like Juan Soto, especially that shuffle, like you said, is um, that dude can hit. And then, yeah. and then you bring up another great point with Mookie, like uh, good luck getting that guy out. Yeah. It'll be like, Oh, two. And he'll take a ball and he'll just stare you down. And I'm like, I'm like, why is he so confident right now? He's Mookie has swag. LA is a good place for him. He's definitely got swag. Um, oh yeah. So um, that's cool. And then I guess, because I kind of asked this in the other one, but I, I just want to ask this because I, I like to ask everyone this um, world series. Who you got? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, that, is that a real question? Yeah, okay. So you're going Mets. <laughs> I, I have to ask. Yeah. I'm going to go. Well, yeah, Mets to win. I'm, I'm looking at the American League right now. That was yeah. like, okay. I, I guess I, that's a better a better question maybe who's who would the Mets be facing in the World Series right yeah that's what I thought you meant by the question that's how I took it I'll go Mets I'm debating on picking with my heart or my head and uh I'm gonna go heart and go Mets athletics World Series wow wow Greg well uh Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Again, that answer, uh, if that's a symbol of anything, it, uh, the last uh, however many minutes this has lasted has been just full of hot takes. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't thank you more for coming on. Hey, well, they're all documented now, so we'll be able to look and see uh, how hot they really were in August. But thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Um, happy to talk baseball, uh, baseball whenever, you know, on or off the record. So anytime you want. There we have it. Uh, Greg Sawyer on or off the record. Thanks, man. Thanks, Steve.